We've teased you enough, but it's time. April 17, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The OG RRLC Reggie's jersey is fucking for sale. It is for sale, and you do not want to miss it. I cannot express how much I fucking love these things. They are unreal, mate. You do not want to miss them. We've got a high thread count. We've got a big white collar. We've got the traditional V. It is three-quarter sleeve. It is everything that the fucking RRLC is put in a jersey. Everything we promised, and it's for sale. April 17, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, thereggies.com.au. I'll see you there. Get amongst it. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Reggies, hope you're all well. Bit of a different episode this week for you. We recorded this a few weeks back with Barb's the Brizzy Horseman. This is a special episode, so we won't have the usual segments. But head over to the socials to have a look at our bet slips. We had our first ever week last week where we did not have one single collect on the punt. Got our fucking asses handed to us. So obviously, we're going to bounce back and get it all back this week. Now, you've heard us lipping up about this podcast royale fight night. Well, guess what? April 27, Gold Coast Convention Centre. Alpha Events and Jamie Meyer Productions are putting on the fight. Uh, I am fighting Jachi from the We Mean Well podcast. It's going to be a cracking night. What yeah. do you reckon? Mate, you've been lipping up heaps, so there's plenty of build-up with that one. I reckon <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm keen to watch that one. I'll be fighting Klutzy from BBB. Yep, and I'll be stepping into the ring with Darcy from BBB as well. Yeah, so it's, it's all happening. We're fucking keen as now... We aren't the most skilled boxers ever, but this is going to be a fucking excellent night to come and watch if you're into a bit of fun because we have an ant weight battle happening. Now, uh, the best way to say that would be little people are fighting and they're keen as to, uh, I'm keen as to watch that one. We've got a lingerie fight. We've got seven blokes blindfolded, uh, a couple of tag team fights. So it's going to be fun to be at. You will not want to miss it. Um, updates on the tickets and that sort of stuff to come, but... Book that out in your calendar because it is not Save the miss. fucking date. Save the date. Let's go. Hudson lassoed by Callis. Look at Callis. He drags it. What a champion becomes a legend. The Welcome back to the Reggies. You're sitting here with three blokes who could have been anything but decided to have fun instead. We've got uh, a very special episode today. This is our Tom Barbary special. Barb's a Brizzy Horseman. He's a great friend of the show. Um, it's going to be a little bit different today. We're going to do more of a, uh, not an interview, but just have a, have a yarn with Barb's about uh, where he's come from, what he's done in the racing industry. It's great to have you on, mate. It's uh, 9.30am on a Saturday, and just for a bit of context in time, the Melbourne Demons lost to Carlton last night, so it's a while ago, I know. We've had this one in the bank. How Thanks are you feeling, mate? No, 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 no. Thanks for mentioning that, Graper. That's all right, mate. Last but, night last night we were at your joint. 
proper on one. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm screaming at the television for four minutes, as you can probably hear, boys. And I just turned around. I didn't blow up. I didn't carry on. That's why I got the sunnies on because I fucking look like <laughs> shit. Um, I didn't carry on. I just walked straight down to where I'm staying, took my Melbourne shirt off and put me Mighty Ducks jumper on and said, fuck this, I'm following ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and then played some of the best tunes oh. ever to be played around the fire button. You would have seen that. Oh, the, uh, that on was the on Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> He's fucking on the phone before he came here and he goes, oh, I reckon I should throw the guitar in. Fucking oath. And they he said, should. yeah, fucking oath. <laughs> Just thinking he might be able to play a bit. He's doing mashups, fucking covers of shit. Right. She was, she was Little ditty. <laughs> I didn't, could not believe it. I was in shock most of the time. Mate, the neighbours kept trying to get in and we had to say, fuck off, out of it. <laughs> there was a big bouncer out the front. Yeah, but no, <laughs> mate. Have you, actually, have you got the invoice from that bloke yet? Fuck, that's going to be expensive, bro. What the invoice? Of, the amount of people that bloke had to turn away. Oh, shit. Mate, when did you learn how to play the fucking guitar? Nah, so I... I've always been like in and around music. Dad was a muser and stuff like that. And I just, I had a, a moment about, oh, fuck, it'd be 10 years ago, 12 years ago now. I just had a moment, went through a pretty ordinary breakup. Just went, fuck it. I'm going to spend two and a half thousand dollars on a piece of timber. I don't know what to do with. <laughs> so, yeah, you used to play at the drums or something, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit at school and, and then fucked you... around in bands and stuff, like not. Very well. I just couldn't believe it. I was in shock. And um, well, you're not a background bloke. You're a front man. Yeah, you're right. You but know. you know. Well, I was just pumped that you bought it because my missus can sing. Well, that's the and thing that we've. I said to her last night. I'm like, Wendy, and like Mrs. Barb's the Brisbane Horseman said. Rox has said to Wendy, "Listen, you need to think of some songs over the weekend. Like we're here till Monday, mm. and we'll." You know, sit around the sit around Sunday Arvo or something like that. She and craves to uh, have someone to play music with, so yeah. I thought it was awesome. Well done. Yeah, and it's just a great <clears throat> that skill, mate, to play the guitar like that. Doesn't it just turn a piece up around. Like, oh, mate, like, yeah. it's like I'm I'm never one to like I, I might put it out there every now and again and say, yeah, well, I can do it. But if someone knows me and I'm at a piss up and it's there, yeah, just. Grab hold of it, like it, oh. it does. It, it, if you, if that was a last night, if there was an absolute side of Melbourne supporters that got fucked by Carlton, <laughs> like that would have been the only thing to bring morale up. Yeah, on the drink. You know, I was I mean? a bit disappointed in you that you threw the jersey off straight away, though. Toys uh, out it wasn't. Of the cop no, yeah, stuff. toys out of the cop. Well, hang on. Yeah. When we had kick, a fire going. The shirt nearly went in there. When you kick eight goals, 17, <laughs> yeah, and get beat by fucking two points, there's a reason. You it kept comes saying off. second quarter, third quarter, and then the last quarter, you're like, if we fucking lose this, it's because all those behinds were oh, kicked. Just <laughs> kick straight. You've got one job, cunt. Kick it between the middle posts. <laughs> Where? Anyway, uh, very unfortunate to see him go out in straight sets. Yeah, Go on. yeah but Hawthorne didn't make it, Ryan. Three in a row, mate. But um, yeah, what's was... It, what was it feeling like, mate, to be delivered your baggy, Reg? Dead set. That was if best feeling you've ever had. Yeah, yeah, it was massive. It was like you know, I never played a game of senior footy, and I, I can only imagine that's what the jumper presentation would have been like. But <laughs> I did. So I said, I said in the reel, I'm like, 
feel like I'm going to play my first test for Australia. Like, yeah. Well, you fucking performed after that. So. <laughs> well, it took five for him, mate. It was tons. unreal. It was like Superman putting his cape on. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to do today is we're just going to try – we're not going to have our usual segments where we are talk about the sport, talk about the punt, because this has been recorded, pre-recorded a while ago, you know. So mm. we're just going to dive into uh, a Barb's and talk about his – Love for the racing industry, where he started, where he is now. Just a heap of shit, you know? Cause and it will be I reckon shit. 80%, <laughs> 80% of the Reggies out there that are listening aren't like... They're just your, your average run-of-the-mill, likes to have a punt on a Saturday. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't lawn Saturday morning, well, mate, I'm a perfect example for it. I'd love to sit there on a Saturday when I get the chance, a bit of spare coin and have a go on the horses, but... I know fuck all really about it, and I'll be the first one to admit it. So it'll be, just... good, it'll be good understanding a bit from your mate, giving him a bit of an insight on what it actually takes for a horse to win a race yeah. and, and go through the prep and the luck it has to have, there's, like there's barriers and everything. 400 million things. Like, we could sit here. This could go, like you said, Grapes, it's 9.30 on a Saturday morning. We could talk till 2 a.m. Sunday about and this. And we're ripping into a better beer because yeah. that's fucking how tough we are. Oh, we've had <laughs> 900 of them last night. <laughs> Righto, so straight up, I just want to, where'd you grow up? We know, I'm pretty sure I know where you grew up, but tell the listeners where you grew up and how you got into the racing industry. So I'm from a little... Briefly. Country. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, can you ever get this bloke off the phone? Yeah. <laughs> mate, oi, Reggies, if Barb's ever says, give me your number, just beware <laughs> that he will ring you, and I love it. He rings me every day. Every day. But you just got to gotta know when to go, Barbs, I've got to fucking go. I'll call you later. Because <laughs> he will ignore that and just <laughs> spin another yarn and go, yeah, yeah, so, uh, and, mate, I've got to fucking go. Well, this is his time to shine, Barbary. So back to the question. I grew up little uh, little country town in the northwestern corner of Victoria, right on the Murray River there at Muldura. And um, my grandfather trained racehorses for – Oh, fuck. The 35, 40 plus years. He started as an amateur jockey and uh, and eventually got a trainer's ticket. And they they had horses for, like I say, 35 plus, 40 years. Um, I can remember being five and six-year-old, filling up water buckets, you know, feeding up, all that Prime. sort of stuff. Yeah, the dream. There's one story I've got, actually. I've got a scar on my leg from it. Um my, myself and my little brother's job was to wash the syringes out, like that he used to measure all the oils and all the supplements out with. And this one day it was about 48 degrees in the shade and we're <laughs> squirting one another with the with the syringes, like washing them out, squirting one another because it's so fucking hot. And I said, oi, Junior, get Grandpa. <laughs> so Grandpa's there over this chaff bag, mixing, the, like he used to tip all the feeds onto a chaff bag and then mix them up and then pick the chaff bag up and tip back at the bucket. And uh, he thought it was a great yarn to start with for like three times. And he looked up from the chaff bag and he had, like all grandfathers do, I think they had one of those looks that, Oi, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking working. Yeah, right? yeah. <clears throat> so being the big brother stirring the young fella on him, get him one more time, you'll be right. No. <laughs> so Josh has squirted him again. <laughs> <laughs> He's kicked Josh to hiding. <laughs> Get up inside with your grandmother. Whack. <laughs> kicked him up the door. And I'm leaning against the float shed, laughing my ass off. Grandpa's walked 
in the feed room door and there's a, <laughs> there's a three prong a three pronged pitchfork and he's just grabbed it, backhanded, thrown it like a javelin. It's stuck in me fucking leg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Went, ah! <laughs> what was that for? <laughs> so I copped a kick in the door. Get up inside with your grandma. That's for egging your little brother on your little cunt. That <laughs> sort of thing. Like when, you, when you're in the bush, I don't, like, I'm, I'm certain everyone's grandparents will. Like, like, you've, if you've never copped a smack on the ass. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, exactly, that's dead right. <laughs> well, it sort of shows if you, you know, if, yeah, if you yeah. haven't copped one hiding in your life, you, it sort of shows. You're exactly right, Tommy, and especially in this day and age with the entitlement and the woke bullshit, it's it is so fucking true. Mm. We could do another whole show on woke. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> right, so that's when you were a real little kid. Yeah, obviously. yeah. So, but oh, when yeah. you got your first job. In the racing industry, I know who it was with, Anthony Cummings, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So son of Bart Cummings and James Cummings, who now trains for the Godolphin, is Anthony's son. Just for people to so get yeah, a bit Bart of a reference, was, Bart was Jim's grandfather. Yeah. 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 So I want to know when you first started. We'll call you like we'll just say first or second year apprentice <laughs> in the stables. I know you're not an apprentice, but you've just started. What's some of the fucking shittest jobs that you got to do around the stables as one of the young blokes? I can remember one day there. Um, <laughs> so there was this old fella when I worked for Anthony. I was only there for three months. Went down to Melbourne as like a 17-year-old kid. A bit wet between the ears. And um, <laughs> I went down there and like, so horses betting in their boxes, like what they actually have on the floor. So nowadays... You so we call that bedding. Bedding, yeah. Right so on. nowadays you use like shavings, like timber shavings. Timber shavings, yep. But years ago, they used to use straw. And we had shavings boxes, don't get me wrong, but there was a few boxes in the joint that were straw because horses had feet problems and shit like that. And obviously 500 kilos standing on compressed timber, for uh, like it, it creates more problems in the hoof. So these horses were on these straw boxes and there's this old Kiwi fellow there, Graham. I'll never forget him. Fuck, he was funny. <laughs> and he had this fucking mow, mate. I th- it went for three days. Like, seriously, like it was like out here. And he's like, do you know how to do a straw box? Here we go. We're going to do an accent now. I'm like, I'm like, mate, I grew up doing straw boxes. Like, copped a pitchfork in the leg. I know how to do a fucking straw box. <laughs> anyway, I've done this straw box this day. And you've got to – so the way you do a straw box, you throw all the dry straw up around the wall, you pick up the shit with gloves on, wrap the straw around it sort of thing, put it in the bin, and then you pick up all the wet straw. Then you rake – like you let it dry for 10 or 15 minutes, the floor, I mean, and then you rake the straw back down and you put extra straw in where it needs to be and all that sort of shit. And I'm looking at this thing going, ah, <laughs> how fucking good does this look? <laughs> I lay on the cunt myself. <laughs> And Graham walks past and he goes, you admiring real work, bro? You what? You admiring your work, bro? Oh, yeah. I'm just sort of standing there having a bunger, just, fuck, that looks good. <laughs> and this bloke just goes, that's fucking shit, bro. <laughs> like dead set, just went, my two-year-old fucking granddaughter would do better than that. Like I was so proud of this fucking box that I've done. He's like, Brass, 
that's fucking ordinary. Oh, mate, just did he do it for you? Or did no, he just he just, he just turned it? around. He went, gotcha. I went, <laughs> hold up, what's wrong with it? Nah, nothing. Just kept walking. Like Wayne Bennett sort of <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. Bit of Bennett on the level. I just went, what the fuck? So like. As a young kid, as a young fella and a first time in the stable, so you'd be doing boxes, which basically means picking up shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a, what I do for a living, yes, while it looks great on Sky Channel and all oh, the, the fancy frocks and the bag of fruits that you wear and all that sort of shit. Yeah. It's a great thing, but it's not a glamorous job. Mate, I go to work every day. I come, I could wear, a, I could wear this shirt to work, come home. And it looked like it's yellow. Yeah. Because just the dust and all that. So it's not a glamorous job whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. What you see on TV is not what it is. Yeah. And that's what I'm pumped to sort of fucking get into because of how much needs to go. How many blokes, like well, I was saying before to you, Tommy, off air, mm. that we go watch some watch some races on Sky One and you back a horse and it runs sixth or seventh and you go, oh, that thing's fucking shit. But the amount of fucking things that need to go into a race and into a prep for a horse to run well is fucking outrageous. It's So I just uh, take me hat off to you because the amount of a, abuse that you oh, blokes would cop. Don't even go there. From owners that have no fucking idea. Yeah. it's And you just go, mate. He ran super. I know he ran six, but he ran so well. Do you know what the go, one thing? Why didn't the cunt win? The one thing <laughs> that I love is when we get a new horse in the joint, right? And I'll say to the boss, I'll go, Oi, Lenz, who owns this? And he might say one name. And I'll go, what, he owns it all himself? Don't name him. No, no, no. <laughs> um, he might say one name and I go, so he's got 100% of this horse? And he'll go, oh, no, there's... There's other shareholders and shit. I'll go, oh, fuck. When you get one bloke or one woman or one family that own, an, own a horse, thank Christ, because you've got one person to keep happy or yeah, one yeah, group yeah, of yeah, people yeah. to keep happy. It's when you've got 40 blokes that have got 2.5% shares, 5% shares, 10% shares. Mm. It's <laughs> so hard to keep everyone happy. Yeah. Like you might... You might make a gear change or you might nominate for two races and they draw good in both races and like you're never going to keep everyone happy. Just real quick for the, for the listeners, I know what it is, but what's a gear change? So like if, um, well the ultimate gear change. What's gear? Oh, so gear. So (laughs) gear's not what you're thinking. So you got blinkers. Blinkers, winkers. Blinkers go over your eyes. They're like a big cup. Yeah. Basically, every or every Reggie in the world would have heard you've got your blinkers on. Yeah, like yeah tunnel yeah, visioned. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's exactly what it means. So winkers, winkers are like they look like toilet rolls on the side of the yeah. bridle. So if you ever see the toilet rolls on the side of the head, they're winkers. They're winkers. Um, there's a nose roll, which obviously it's self-explanatory goes across their nose. Yeah, stops and jump and shadows. Then there's a brow band, which sits above their head. Um, and it stops them from – it brings their head down so, like, they think that they're going to run into something. Um, so all these little tweaks and things that trainers and stuff can do just to sharpen the horse up a little bit. Yeah, and that'll be things you'll try, Barbs, if you're like, oh, it's doing a bit of this, we'll try this. this yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, if a, if a horse has got a high head carriage 
like in their action, like they they carrying their head really high and they're getting their fucking head up and looking mm. at the sky. Put a brow band on it, sort of lowers their vision, like when you know, like any any of the AFL boys out there, lower your eyes. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> the same thing. Like just. Is that what like you use the trials and that for a lot? Mate? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so jump outs and stuff like that, or you might gallop a minute, like give them a piece of fast work. Like, yeah. So if if you put blinkers on a horse, I think it's the only. Oh no, winkers might be the same. Can't exactly remember the rules, but when you put when you see blinkers on first time, like wait, that's what I was just about to say. The oldest trick in the book. Blinkers on first time. If you ever see in the gear changes on the form guide, blinkers first time. Yeah, if it's five bucks. Have a quick look at it. If it's five (laughs) dollars, it immediately becomes two fifty in my book. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Blinkers first time. You have to declare the fact that you've worked the horse in blinkers to the stewards. Yeah. Or winkers. So like those sort of things. And there's stuff like a tongue tie. It sounds really, really cruel. It's a, it's a sort of thing. You've got to be cruel to be kind. So what happens when a horse gallops and they when they breathe, they've got a flap on the back of their um, larynx that opens and shuts, and that's what because obviously they're not fucking straight upright like we are. They've got a neck that goes down, and you know that flap opens and shuts. And sometimes that, they call it a soft palate. There's a displacement of it, and their tongue can actually affect that. So if they run with their tongue curled up in the back of their throat, that'll displace their soft palate. So you tie their tongue with the stocking. So what you do is you put, you tie a little knot, you put their tongue through it, and you tie it down under their jaw. And that keeps their tongue flat. Oh, yeah. But it's a case of if a horse gets its tongue over the bit or if a horse gets that displacement going, they'll what they'll do what we call choke down. So they'll li- literally run till they've got no air left. And then they fall over or they stop or they, you know. So it's like a case of cruel to be kind sort of set up. Yeah. People go, oh, you tied their tongue down. You're a horrible bastard and all that sort of stuff. And the shit that we cop from, like, animal activists and all that sort of stuff. Oh, I can imagine. It, I, I get the shits with it so much. I can remember one day, three or four years ago, Melbourne Cup morning. I'm driving down Nudgee Road in Brisbane. That's when they all come out to. Exactly. It's, that's only the one day of the year. Like yeah. They don't give a fuck about the Cox Plate or the Caulfield Cup. No, they come out Melbourne Cup day. Yeah. Don't worry about every other fucking, the 51 Sat- 52 Saturdays at Durban or Eagle Farm every year. Yeah. They come out on the Tuesday, first Tuesday in November. Mate, I know dudes that have got two or three horses in work and they put everything into their horses, mate. They're, that's right. They're like their children. These blokes have got Jack the Dancer, they've got fucking kidney disease, they've got heart problems. They will literally sacrifice their own health to care for their horse. If they've got a vet bill worth fucking two grand, they're not going to have the treatment they need themselves. These old fellas that have got, that were, like they had 50 in work years ago, now they've got two or three just for something to do. Yeah. And they put everything into them. And it's not, a, it's not just those blokes, it's everyone in the racing industry. They become like, people say to me, oh, I'll meet someone, they go, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, train race horses. What's that like? It's like having 27 four-legged children that can't speak English, bruss. <laughs> like, and yeah. You, they, peep, and then you hear these fucking cocksuckers. <laughs> oh, it's cruel. Oh, it's fucking nasty. 
Excuse me? Yeah, I hate hearing it Do too, I mate. come to your workplace and fucking annoy the piss out of you with your fucking kale? Like, fuck <laughs> off, cunt. <laughs> mate, 100%. And it's one of those things oh. that from a very young age, you would have been exposed to exposed to the industry, like you said, with your grandfather and stuff like that. And, mate, it would have been a thing for you where it's probably a good thing because by the sounds of it, it's not something that you could just decide when you're 24, oh, I might train racehorses. It's like, not, in, no, it's not. Like, it's a, was it a thing since, since you were a young fellow that you're like, I actually want to do this? Like you had the passion there and it's oh, like, I want to do this as a job? Mate, I always loved it. I, They are the most beautiful creatures on planet Earth. Like a lot of people say, oh, you're a dog person or you're a cat person. No, no. I'd happily have a racehorse or any sort of horse in the backyard mm. because they are just – they're an unbelievable fucking animal. They're some of the cleverest animals in the world. They're just – I fucking love it, mate. And I always loved it. Originally, I wanted to be a chef. That's what I wanted to do. True. Yeah. And nice. um, then I found out the hours they worked. Oh. And now knowing what I know now about the racing industry, I'm thinking, you're a fuckwit. You should have <laughs> yeah. been a chef. <laughs> no one would have just seen that, but I just had to fucking lean forward on the chair and stop myself from laughing after the fucking <laughs> kale comment. <laughs> <laughs> Barb's just telling a super serious story and I just couldn't fucking stop laughing. <laughs> um, no, nah, that's fucking awesome because, like you say, you guys – Love that animal so fucking much and it pisses me off every year when you see these activists and they, honestly, it's people that have zero idea about the industry at all and they just get, oh, they're like activists maybe for something else. Well, they got they just, it's just a jump on the bandwagon. And they up. jump on and they have no idea and if you took one of them and you said, hey, come for a day, yeah, yeah, come to the stables for a day and I'll show you around, they would be blown away yeah. and they'd fucking come back and work for free the next day. Well, it's the same with all of them. The same with anything that they're doing. It's like the um, vegans and shit about killing animals to eat them and all that shit. They don't realise that you have to fucking blow about 600 roos off a crop every two nights to fucking keep their food. Yeah, their soybeans like, it's and the their same, fucking wheat. It's the same with all of them, man. Just, I absolutely think that it's fine if they're going to protest about stuff as long as they have gone out and seen how it actually works and they still don't agree with it. Yeah. Okay. So go for it. Have your opinion. Quickly on that. Like, yeah, we won't went, get tied up too no, much. No, no, but I went, I went and did a trade. So I'm a butcher boy trade, right? That's right. I remember that. So I went from looking after animals to cutting them up the back to looking after them, right? <laughs> and I did a little stint at the meatworks in Brizzy at... Um, where was it? I'll just, get you a job at Tanner Meats. <laughs> just over the Gateway Bridge there at um, Australian Country Choice. I went to work one morning, knives slung over the shoulder, bag in the hand, and there's all these activists, vegan activists, animal activists, out the front of our workplace. Two. All you're trying to do is go there and earn a dollar. Yeah. And, these, I'm, and I've got four knives in a pouch slung over my shoulder, and they want to come and get up you. What? <laughs> Do you actually understand what I have on my fucking shoulder? <laughs> but it's um, the like you say, it's the same thing, Groves. It's just a bandwagon thing. Yeah. Mm. I don't mind it if they fucking have been and seen the industry and still don't agree with it. Yeah. Which I don't, like 95% of people, if they went in and did a day with you at LJ Goff, they would go, holy fuck, you guys love these things. That's what I mean. Like, And that's... 
they they become like your children. Like yeah. there's horses there that have well, mate. They well, become individuals, and you know their stories. And I've got one there. I've got one. There's one horse there called Apophis that has. He took a long time to come up. He took a long time to mature, and he had an accident where he hit his head on the float, and basically scalped himself. He had 18 stitches across his forehead, like the vet was there, and I was there through it all. Mm. And he's now a bit touchy, and you've got to know him. But I know him. Do you know what I mean? Like there's little things like that. They all become their own sort of their own individual person, like their individual self. Yeah. Like they, they have all these little idiosyncrasies that you must learn. Otherwise, you can't treat them all the same. Like they can't all... have the same connection with exactly. that animal because they're a different. And that would all just come from obviously years of experience. Yeah, correct. It's not an apprenticeship. It's yeah, like it... you'd be you'd learn you'd learn something new about horses and stuff your whole career. Bart Cummings turned around in his book. I read Bart's book. I think he published it in 2010 or something before he died. He might have died before that. Fuck, I can't remember. It's a long time ago. I think uh, his last Melbourne Cup winner was 2010. 08. 08. 08. Viewed. Viewed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By Back Bauer. <laughs> Got beat a fucking nostril. Yeah, that was fucking... <laughs> that was a proper pimple. Yeah. That was that close. Um, anyway. And Bart <laughs> said, Bart said the best thing about my job, in his book he wrote this, I'm 83 years of age. And I learn something new every day. Yeah. And if you're, it doesn't matter if you're in the racing industry, it doesn't matter if you're in the electrical industry, it doesn't matter if you're in the podcasting industry, it doesn't matter if you're in any sort of industry. I think the one thing you can take from that is the minute you close off and think you know everything, mm. you're fucking useless. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Fuck, man, how many blokes would do that in our oh. industry, Tommy? Fucking proper in the mate. morning game. Just oh, I've been here oh, for just, thirty years. Fucking you know, yeah. Or they just shut off and don't want to learn anymore. Yeah, and they just become useless cunts. Well, but- mate, it's more <laughs> like a thing where their way might work fine, but if someone finds a new way that um, is more efficient or better, they just don't want to hear about it at all. Yeah, yeah it's they like, become, no, no, this way works. And they it's become like, well, I know, bro. Horse but, trainers are the same, but it's like check this out. And I think it's just been. Open to ideas, and you can in your head you can shut it down or whatever. But I think it's always good to be open and take advice from people. Because hundred percent, what's it going to hurt? Well, we mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago about the golf stable and how fucking well they're going. <laughs> but I want to take us back a couple of weeks before that. Barb's rings me up for the daily chat. <laughs> Fuck, you can put some money. And on he shit. Uh, he's a bit down, you know. He's going. Fuck, I don't know what we're doing, Grapes. We just cannot fucking train a winner at the moment. Couldn't get one over the line. We had like yeah. eight seconds or something in ten starts. Yeah, any more seconds you would have had a minute. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Just anyway. Use another one of me lines. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you try, you're running a place here and a place there and fourth here and fifth there, but the fifth would have been, you know, absolute gut-busting run from something that you, you're happy with, but you just couldn't train a winner and you're going... This is when you start to doubt yourself and you're going, what the fuck's going on? Why aren't we training winners? And then all of a sudden, bang, 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 <laughs> eight winners in 30 starts or whatever the fucking, five winners in 30 starts, whatever the stat was. How, I you were right the first one. How's the uh, the ups and downs, mate? Like, Oh, mate, penthouse to the shit house. Why mate. does, not why, but how does, why does that happen? I don't know. I don't, mate, it, it goes in ebbs and flows, and it doesn't matter how big you are. Is that because you are. is that because of how much fucking luck 
it yeah, needs to go it, your it way. It probably is, in a sense. It probably is, in a sense. And then there's times when you have those runs and you go, fuck me. Yeah, what like, are we doing right? What, <laughs> like, everything is right. Every Like, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. Every, like, the round pegs are in the round holes, the square pegs are in the square holes. Everything is where it should be. Mm. Why aren't these fucking things extending and getting over the line? Is it a matter of just trusting the process? Exactly. Know that you do a fucking good job. Fucking. And that you just stay consistent with doing it no matter yeah. what. Could not have it. said it any better, Tommy, Tommy Dale. That is exactly what it is. Trust your process. Yeah. Don't change like in excess said. Just be what you are, do what you do, yeah. and eventually the tide will turn, as Keto says. Well, yeah. mate, so fucking... you've got to say, you've got to go, right, I've done this before and we've trained fucking winner after winner. I've got to, you've got to back yourself. You have to back yourself. Back yourself Put in. Put the pill <laughs> under your arm, son, and go on a run. Mate, I know. <laughs> I watched this thing a while ago. Tom Hanks was sitting there with a heap of people and he was saying, no, Forrest. you think you Yeah, old Forrest. Oh, Forrest. Lieutenant He's Dan. saying, you think everything's going well and you're deadly? This too shall pass. Exactly. And then, and then he's yep. like, well, you're down in the dumps, you're over it, something's shit, this too shall pass. Mm. Like as in ups and downs, but just fucking consistency with no matter what you do. If you stay consistent, you know your shit. And you just believe in yourself. Trust your process. Yeah. Trust your works. Like, trust your work, as in when I say your work, trust your track work regime. Trust your, your feeding your feeding game. Trust your supplement game. Trust everything. Yeah. And eventually the tide will turn. Tony Gollan's done it. Robert Heathcote's done it. Chris Munz has done it. Yeah. Kelly Sweet has done it. They all, everyone has those runs. Yeah. You might have 50 starters and not win a race. How important is it, Barb's, to have your whole team? So how many blokes at the stable are, are, are working together for the same cause sort of thing? So we've got... you got This is quite a small small. Yeah, operation. we're a small operation. So yeah. we've only got... I think at the minute we've got 28 in work or something. Yep. But... Just uh, real quick, in work, just uh, elaborate In, in training. Yeah. So I mean blokes, sorry. How yeah, many yeah, blokes? yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got... Uh, we've got four work riders, the boss, myself, and three others on the ground. Yep. Henry, Pete, and Zane. And what and I was sort of getting with that is how important is it to have everyone on the same page with the direction you go just on in a stable? That, like? they, they, the boys at the stables know the process. Yep. They know what happens. We all work together. We're a team. And it, it can't be it's, – it's fucking imperative. It's like anything in the world. Like, okay, so Lindsay's the trainer. Don't get me wrong. Like, you boys call me a horse trainer, and yet, okay, I am. But yeah, I'm, go into that how, as well, so that people understand that you are a horse trainer, but the license to train isn't your license. And I don't make all the decisions. Like, we're a team. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. We are a team. And like I said to you boys on the phone the first night I was ever on the show, a horse trainer just doesn't train horses by himself. They've got to have good work riders. They've got to have good staff. They've got to have good farriers. They've got to have good vets. They've got to have good everything. Chiropractors, fucking muscle manipulators, all that sort of stuff. Dentists. Yeah. Like, that's, so much goes yeah. into it, like, eh? That, that's what I was getting at. Like before when I said about blokes putting, them, putting their own health second, these things get treated like 
Kings like, yeah, and like, queens. No, no, like proper sportsmen. Like they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, well, they are athletes. Exactly. Equine and athletes. Everything that goes, everything that the Broncos get, our racehorses get. Yeah. They, they, they're on a nutrition-based diet. They're on fucking an, ex, an exercise regime that's tailored to every individual. They've got chiropractors. They've got fucking dentists. They've got, they get everything. Yeah. Everything. Look, you rung me the other day, Groves. You know, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just ultrasounding one. <laughs> like he had a tear in, it, in his rump. So I'm using the ultrasound machine to fix that abnormality. Like Pete, that's, this is what the activists and... Physio too, yeah, this bloke. You know what I mean? Like, Singer, physio, <laughs> fucking trainer. <laughs> those, those are the things that people don't see. Yeah. Like you get up at four o'clock in the morning and you're okay, track work lasts till eight o'clock. Well, I could be there till two in the afternoon. Yeah. And then start the afternoon shift. Why is that? Why is track work so early? So the the whole premise behind it is work them in the coolest part of the day. Yeah. Right. So they're not overexerting. Sweating and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. every athlete, doesn't matter whether you're a racehorse or a fucking rugby league player or a 100-metre sprinter, anyone that is a prime athlete, they all – it's overexertion. They all bleed internally. They all have ulcers. It's all because of overexertion. So if you can negate that exertion, i.e. working them in the coolest part of the day, you're half a chance. Well, mate, yeah. putting it in Reggie terms, if you're going to go for a fucking run around the block, you're not doing it at midday, are you? No, that's right. No, I'm not doing it 1pm. <laughs> Fuck I'm not doing it at all. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know. But I think that's... Um, and that's, that's pretty fucking plain and simple. I don't do it. Is it important <laughs> that you do that? Because obviously... The hardest. This would be the hardest part for me, anyway. If I was a in that game, is you can't communicate with the fucking animal. That's the thing. So like, you can't. You have to know if it's got if it's walking funny or if it's running funny. You've got to know. Hey, that there's something up here. We don't want to put it into work today. So a lot of that comes down to experience. Yeah. Knowing, looking at a horse walk away from you. The two of you blokes and even Quinn, like everyone, you should all look at one just walking along. And wouldn't have a fucking clue. Wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. I can watch one walk away from me and go, he's sawing that off front foot. Yeah. He's sawing that near near hind foot. Or he's sawing that stifle. Or he's sawing that fetlock. And the other other side of that is having your work riders. There's a lot of blokes that can ride horses. There's a lot of women that can ride horses. There's not a lot of good ones. Yeah, so you're saying when they're doing track work, running you need around the to know, track. You need to know when there's a flat tyre. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's Because yeah. you can't ask the horse. No, you can't. Obviously. And you have to – that is still – Lindsay's brother, Darren, I have to give him a shout-out. Darren Goff. Darren Goff. That's his name. Bullshit. No, I'm fucking The English him. cricketer? No, he's <laughs> no, no, he's a fucking better bloke too. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Although that cunt took a hat-trick on fucking Boxing Day test. Yeah, but who time. gives a fuck? He's a pom. <laughs> anyway – Darren and he, ne- Goff. he never won a Gold Coast Jockeys a pre- jo- uh, Jockeys Premiership as an apprentice no, either. Like fucking nice. Like did. my Darren fucking Goff did. <laughs> Darren Goff. Daz, I know you'll listen to this. Demon, you're a fucking champion. I love you to pieces. And he's the best work rider in Brisbane by a fucking furlong. Get that into your listeners. <laughs> if you don't know what a furlong is, 
That's a racing term. It means 200 metres. It means 200 metres. I, gonna, I thought it was just a long stretch of pubes. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, when they say inside the last furlong, yeah, it means they're inside the last 200. Yeah. yeah. Which, how it's come a, the last 50 metres seems to be like fucking a K? <laughs> when you got no, one no, in that, front. No, no, Tommy, that only happens when you've had your fucking fat on the one in front. Yeah. yeah. Fuck <laughs> me, man. It's like when one, it's like if you're loading them on the float, like the, this thing around the stables, like you load one on the float or you turn one around in the tie-up stools or something like that and you and they kick and you go, eat up. <laughs> the only time you're allowed to kick is when you're three in front of the furlong. <laughs> <laughs> the furlong, I love it. That's more of a European term. They use it over there, Yeah, they do, but we use it in Australia to talk, like, the terminology for track work. So if you're giving one a gallop, like fast work, if I said, <laughs> so... Daz jumps on one, leg him up. Goffy. Just, hey, Daz, just go four and two and 25. Right, I was explaining that. <laughs> I was just going to say, you're all looking at me like <laughs> I've got three heads. Um, so four and two and 25 means go four furlongs, so half mile, 800 metres, and you run even time, which is 15 seconds to the furlong, from the half mile to the 600. Then from the 600 to the 400. So you should be running that 400 metres in 30 seconds. Yep. And then in 25 means kick home your last two in 25. So you improve to 13, then you improve to 12. Yeah. Darren will blow up about that because I know the way he likes to work and he goes 16, <laughs> 15, 14, 13, 12. <laughs> but, and what the good, obviously, Darren knows, righto, I've just gone 12 seconds to Dar- a furlong if you, if you said to Darren, I'm going to put a stopwatch on you, you need to run – Four and two in twenty five, so twenty five. So he'd run fifty four nine or fifty point one, like he is that good on his time. Yeah, yeah. He's and he doesn't wear a beeper. That's awesome. He eh? is just he is that fucking good. Yeah. See what all his life, and he is that fucking good at it. And sit anything, anything that bucks, anything that pulls, he is just a gun. That's fucking yeah. great to have someone like that on your team. He though. is yeah. just he is the backbone of the joint. Yep. Does he just do track work for you, Bucks? Yeah. Yeah, yep. nice. He is just, he's, he's 50 about, odd year old and he just gets on him. Like, he don't give a fuck. You're talking about him, Barbs, yeah. and how good that is. In the industry that, like, the like mining industry or whatever industry you're in, there's always those blokes, right, who can talk the talk but about they always what they know. Can't work, is there, the is there a heap of blokes in the racing industry like that that have, say all the right things, like, to everyone, but when it actually comes to, Training the horses doesn't show. Is that a big thing? In the, the racing industry is a bigger shit talking industry than the podcasting oh, industry. Yeah. I reckon you're fucking spot on there. Dead set. You'll <laughs> get some deadly cunt walking. Go. I can do this. I can do that. You can't do shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, for argument's sake, we had a we put an ad out for a work rider. This yep. is going back two or three years ago. And yeah, I applied for that cunt. You were too happy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this Sheila inboxes the Facebook page and goes, oh. Oh, here we go. Do not name her. I'm not naming anyone, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I can ride work, rah, rah, I can ride time gallops, I can ride babies, I can do all this. I can, I can what? I can ride babies, like young one, two-year-olds, yearlings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, breakers, right. basically. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> she turns up. She's got these fucking boots on <laughs> that go up to here. 
Saddle club vibes. Up to the yeah, knee. Yeah, 100% saddle club vibes. Oh, Christ. Jodhpurs. Jodhpurs. Jodhpurs come from Jodhpur in fucking <laughs> India. <laughs> but, like, Jody's on these fucking great big, they look like CFM boots. Like, they come fuck me. It's like, seriously, they were that fucking tall. I'm going, what in the fuck? So I've put her on, I've dead set, saddled this horse up, put her on the quietest fucking thing in the joint, dead set. If either of you blokes wanted to write one work, I'd put you on this horse. Yeah. Come fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> the CFM. Oh, Have you yeah. never heard that? BT edit that out. That, no, fuck no. <laughs> That's great. So she's got the CFM. She's on the quietest horse in the stable. Mm. It bolted three laps. It threw her. Just got rid of, give it the Shaminda and just went three laps. Flat out. <laughs> No, I went, what in the fuck? I'm thinking to myself, I said to, I even said to Darren, Darren Hold goes. the fuck on. Yeah. Darren goes, Darren goes, fucking where have you got this from, bruh? I went, I don't know what's going on here. If, it, if, she, if this horse gets rid of her, what the fuck are we going to do? He goes, well, she's fucking no hope if this gun gets rid of her. Yeah. It got rid of her, all right. <laughs> Just all it did, it read, spun. Plop. <laughs> she just went, oh, he got bang off the side of it, and then this thing just went fucking see ya. So talk us through the first um, oh. communication when you two met after watching that happen. <laughs> oh. I'm looking it forward a to this. Shaminda. <laughs> Speaking of Shaminda, she didn't last long. Yeah, <laughs> that was her one and only day. At yeah, track work. exactly. Fucking I just went, hell! I said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" What the fuck happened there? She goes, oh, he, she just reared up and spun round. <laughs> and I went, what? How? How? I said, I would put my two-year-old fucking nephew on this horse. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I went, fuck me. Listen, thanks for coming, love. But see ya. There's the gate. Yeah, <laughs> don't let it hit you on the ass on the way out. <laughs> take you, take you. Because the ground already ass. <laughs> oh, that's fucking gold. Mate, it was that one of is the definitely funniest. that happens in every industry. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. I had never entered the mining game ever. I'd always been heavy industry, but not mining, so machinery. Mm. And uh, I've come back from fucking. I was living over in um, Austria. I've come back, needed a job. Hit up a mate. He goes, "Yeah, I can get you on out out at the um, mines." And I said, "Oh right, I've never really done that. I'll, I'll give it a go." Got on straight away a, as a lecky, yeah, 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 because yeah. they had um. Couple of fleets of electric drive trucks. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, sweet, right, I'll head out there. And um, I went out there first day and I was like, this is a different fucking game to what I've ever been in. Mm. And I was labour hire. 
And oh, the fucking industry is just built on labour hire. So that, oh, really? So that you can fuck cunts off yeah, immediately yeah, 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 if yeah. you want. And I didn't know any of this. I didn't know that the morning game was like that. And I I've just gone just out there and I met this bloke from Lee Bear. So he worked directly for Lee Bear, which we had a fleet of them. Yeah. Had a bloke who worked directly for Komatsu. Fucking they're mates of mine, good mates of mine now. And I just straight up said to him, I said, boys, never fucking looked at a truck before in my life. I said, I'm a fucking quick learner and I will always listen to what you tell me because you guys know and I do not. And they just went fucking beauty. Took me under the wing and taught me everything they could possibly, you know, that I could take in. And then I was out there for probably just over a year, maybe 18 months before I left and Mm. went back overseas. And I seen that many leckies come out and go, yeah, mate, I've worked on this and I've fucking worked out here on these and I've, oh, I've seen heaps of these T264 Lee Bears. Yeah, I'm, I'm all over them. And then the bloke who worked for Lee Bear was fucking good at his job, mate. Like, oh. he did all the fitting and the electrical work. Like, he just knew the truck from Inside fucking head out. to toe. Yeah. And he would just ask, if I, someone come out and said, oh, I know these trucks, I'm all over them, he would just go... Oh, yeah, right. So, and he'd hit him with like this oh, real like, simple question. Like, like, off, just, like off the cuff. Just in just passing in, comment, yeah, right. hit him with a question and they'd have no fucking idea. And it, we'd drive off and he'd go, yeah, he's a useless cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and but I'm mate, just like, what do you mean? Sa- he's in like, saying that he's they got are, no fucking idea. In but saying mate, that, you're talking about Sparkies. Like, they're all a bunch of strange Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mate, that's, that's exactly the same. Like with me, start at the first wash plant uh, on the dozers, learning how to load trains. And it was a very small pile, so you didn't have to do much like um, like maintenance on it to push them out and build benches and shit. Because it was like as soon as there was enough coal, you fucking push it in the hole. Mm. So I knew how to drive the cunts, but hadn't done all the fucking the major work on them, you know, stockpile maintenance. And um, went to the next bigger place that was everywhere. And instead of charging in, going, mate, I've loaded fucking hundred of drones. <laughs> You just go in. I said, Brass, I know how to drive the cunts. I know how to push a full blade of coal. However, I've never had to push stockpiles out and manage it much. said, so teach me, put me with someone who can, and I'll fucking hook in. Yeah. That's the and hardest thing in the racing industry is like, like I said before about the whole setup of um, like the extra treatments you do mm. when it comes to like, you know, ultrasound and bandaging and things uh, like that. You can't, like to get someone that's willing to turn around and go, oh, I've never done that before. Is so fucking hard, mate. But you're better off. You're better off going in and underselling yourself and performing better than what. A hundred percent. Like when 100%. I when I was full on confident on the dozers, like I feel like I was good at it at the end. Yeah. If I went to another mine or whatever, I'd just say, yeah, mate, I'm. It's okay. Like I've loaded enough trains. I'll go all right, rah rah, and then you'll smash it, and they'll be like, right, oh, this cunt's good. Instead yeah. of going fucking all over it, bros. Yeah, oh, so stupid. Cunt. But people feel like in. Mining people mm. feel like they have to because if they don't perform in that seven days, they know they'll get the shaminda. Yeah. Well, yeah, but is it like that? Yes, that it's flat proper stick, man. If seven days you're gone. Well, we had a few leckies, and I'm. This is what I'm saying: is they'd come out and they'd bullshit. An old mate who I was mates with. I'm definitely not naming anyone here. No. He would just go. He's fucking useless. And then the supervisor would go. Oh, how'd old mate go this week? Ah, uh, shit. And then he wouldn't be back. That's like, yeah. So <laughs> and I'd just I be had... like, fuck me, it is ruthless. Fuck, I'm glad I come out and said I know fuck all. That's what I mean, <laughs> Teach though. me. Like, 
in our industry, the things that you need to do when you first walk in are that fucking simple. Mm. I could train a monkey to do the cunts. Yeah. Mm. Like, Start at the bottom and fucking... Pick up the shit, <laughs> rake it over flat, tip the water bucket out, scrub it, fill it up, put some hay in the cunt and tip that bucket of feed in the feed tin. And they can't do it. Like there's yeah. people out there that can't wrap their fucking head around it. Yeah. And it's... I'm all about giving people a chance, but so when it's I. real simple shit, so you're just like, come on, mate. Gropes, you're talking about coming down in February for a couple of weeks to do a bit of work. Yeah, yeah, I have, actually. Like, just quickly on that, uh, the missus is heading over, back over to Europe in February for her job. Yeah. So I was like, I might take a couple of weeks off work, and uh, I've asked Barb's if it's all good a couple of weeks ago. I said, is it all right if I come down in February, work for free? And just learn. For I two. can't believe he asked if it was all right. Free fucking labour? Of course you can come. You've been looking for a big tall pull through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for block pipes. So just I... quietly too, bring your tools, cunt, because there's a heap of sparky work. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad. No, honestly. To learn horses and the cunt's just rewiring. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, I said I just want to come work for free and just learn for two weeks about what goes and in. And I'm fucking... Hopefully it happens. We'll have to see if it can happen, but hopefully it does. But the thing is with that, I'm happy... For anyone, seriously, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you where we are. I'm yeah. not going to give Woo numbers up. or anything like that with your applications. But all right. if you if if you meet me and all that sort of shit, like I'm happy to exp- I'm happy to talk to anyone. Yeah, so, yeah. And if you the cunt can know, fucking talk, I can fucking <laughs> yawn. <laughs> but like, if if genuinely, if if there is people out there, Reggie's, if you've got kids or if you've got anyone that wants to get into the racing industry, hit the boys up. Genuinely, I mean. Yeah. Not fucking, not carrying on piss taking. If you just want to, if anyone wants to have a crack at it, get in touch with the boys. They'll put you on to me and we can have a chat. Mm. Because I'm happy to teach anyone. Yeah, I want to grow our industry. Our industry is not a dying industry. But there's not a lot of young people in it. There is, but there isn't. You well, know what Bob, I mean? it's one of those things, like we said before, you had the pleasure of growing up, learning and loving the industry as a young fella. I'm just saying it'd be hard to just love punting and all of a sudden go, oh, well, I'm going to give it a go. They might be a bit shy going, well, fuck, I don't know about I'll tell you it, a so funny story. Try. I'll tell you a funny story along that line. Brock Ryan, who's a jockey in New South Wales. Yeah, yeah I know Brock. That's exactly how he got into it. Him and his mates are just down the pub there at Manly one day at the surf club. And Brock's fucking knee-eye to a grasshopper, weighs about 48 kilos, ring him wet. And his mates just all went, why don't you go and be a jockey cunt? <laughs> You're fucking toddling away being a plaster his apprentice lifting sheets that are fucking twice as heavy as you. <laughs> well, he just went, I fucking will. <laughs> That's right. And, That's awesome. You know, like he's, he's built a very steady career yeah, as a jockey. Fucking oath. Um, Barbs, you... Have worked for some, you know, big trainers. You said you've got a nice small operation going at uh, Lindsay Goff now, but you've worked for Anthony Cummings. You worked for Peter Moody. Now, when you worked for Peter Moody, that was the time that Black Caviar was about. Yeah, Nelly was did there. You, did you have anything to do with her? And if you did, I know you did. <laughs> what was the experience like having a horse with that aura at your stable that literally 
the whole fucking world stopped to watch because she never lost a race. 25 starts, 25 wins, 15 group ones, $8 million in prize money. The fucking world oh. stopped to watch her. She was just... <sighs> How, what, so when you got a horse like that, obviously you can tell. Can you just look at her and go, she will yeah, never be, she will yeah, never be beaten? Yeah, you can. I can remember Mood. She literally never got out of fucking third gear. I can remember Mood saying one day to the press... Something about, I wish she'd just get beat because then she just becomes another horse. Yeah. If we upped him on the Monday, like all of us boys, we were upping. Fuck off, Moods. You don't want her to get beat just like we don't want her to get beat, just like the whole fucking nation doesn't want her to get beat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I can understand where he was coming from. Had, were sense. you there after she'd had her first start? Or Yeah, so I started. So she had her third start in the Danehill Stakes, and that's when she buckled at the start and tore yeah, her chest. Yeah, 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 and still won. And still won by a fucking streak. Yeah. Um, and then she went to the paddock. So she was in the paddock when I got there. I think it was September 2009 or something. In the paddock means they're not – She's having a rest. Yeah. <laughs> she, they, I actually got this written down because when we say in the paddock, it literally means they are standing in a paddock – Being a horse. Doing yeah, nothing. Just being a horse. If they that, run up and exactly down – exactly right, Tommy. If they've run up and down the fence line, obviously that's them, but they are doing nothing. That's dead set. So a horse – a racehorse in work that's in a box that goes to the track, goes to the pool, you know, goes to the race. That's in work. That's in work. So we're going to get back to Black Caviar. Yeah, we will. <laughs> but um, <laughs> when they're in the paddock, that's like they're going to the paddock. If they had mobile phones, they'd be ringing cunts in the paddock. Like, they're I'd bored. Be, yeah, no, no. They're having a 10 out Hey, the boys, back. I'm coming to Gladstone. Let's get on. It's like after that's, a shutter, you got yeah. two weeks off where you get to crack it's a mad beer, Monday. chill out a bit, yeah, eat yeah, shit. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's that's their enjoyment. They They're just doing fuck all. Get mm. their heads down. Yeah. Be a horse. Yeah. Let them be a horse. Yeah. So Caviar went to the paddock after the Dane Hill after she's tore a chest. Yeah. So I got there. She come in probably six weeks later and <sighs> – I can remember it like it was yesterday. There was box one, box two, box three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Box one was Black Caviar. Box two was Avenue. Box three was Typhoon Tracy. Box five was Headway. Box eight was Set for Fame. Five individual group one winners. In the same in, stable. In eight boxes. Fuck. There was 40 boxes in the joint. Imagine what was in the other fucking 20, mm. that 32 of them. So, but Nelly... Nelly had this aura about her. You stood at a – it's hard – I don't know if it's the same for everyone else, but when you, when you know what you're looking at, she had this – and, like, I can remember my family coming to Melbourne and giving them a tour of the stables and showing them her. And my mum, who is salt of the earth, the greatest woman on planet earth, she's never been – Big into the racing industry. Her family were farm, wheat farmers and truck drivers. Dad's, dad's family was the racing game. And mum, mum obviously when mum and dad were first together, you know, she'd go down the stables and fuck around. Her favourite horse's name was Shear's own. Nicky was his name. And he's the one that, Nicky was the one that stopped her from handling horses. 
She loved him to pieces and all of a sudden he got the fucking, the wind blew up his ass one day, reared up, she shit herself, that was the end of it. Never touched another one. She stood at her box door, looked over the door and went, does she glow like that all the time? Yeah. I said, it's like an aura around her, isn't it, Mum? Oh, yeah. And that's, mate, she was special, like yeah. proper special. She'd just stand at the, she was nothing, she, was, she didn't make a fuss or anything, she'd just stand at the back of the box, do her thing. She might come up for a pat every now and again. But if you put if you walked in that box store with a bucket and your handful of feed, she'd fucking bowl you clean over. Well, she was fucking massive. Six hundred and twenty kilos. She was her, her racing weight. Hind quarter was just She huge. had nass like fucking my JLo's cunt look small. That would have been awesome getting the chance to work Mate, with a horse of that caliber. So my my uncle, Johnny Barbary. JB. Next, next to Darren Goff, second best work rider I've ever fucking dealt with. What's the gut? Why don't these two blokes fucking ride on Saturdays? Because they're too fucking heavy. Too heavy, yeah, right. I thought it was that simple, but I just wanted they're to. They're as long as you, you cunt. They've got fucking two arseholes. If they fell over here, they'd be in fucking Rockhampton. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But there's an old saying jockeys don't make work riders, and work riders don't make jockeys. Yeah. Mm. Mate, before we move on from that bit, was Peter a moody cunt or what? No. I'll tell you what he was. I'll tell you what he really was. He was the, one of the best bosses I've ever had. Yeah, so nice. he had a system. Everyone knew the system. Yep. If you fucked the system up, he would fucking – the best cook you'll ever get. He would bake you and it wouldn't matter where you were, who was there. Yeah. He would bake – he'd make a great footy coach. Mm. Yeah. He would just fucking spray you. But – 15 minutes later, hey, go down to the pie shop, get me a pie, get yourself a cunt too. <laughs> You'd have to come back with three or four of them for him, otherwise he'd blow up because he'd eat one in about fucking two minutes. Like, yeah. He was just – he was such a good fella. And that's good though. Like you said, the consistency thing, right? Yeah. And he had a way it worked and that's how it goes. There was no three days later give you another bait because of yeah. what happened. Yeah, it yeah. was just, it's done, let's move on. Yeah. Well, you know, he'd ask you another question you go, and you would never feel like, you would never go, oh, I don't want to fucking answer the cunt because he's just cooked me. Mm. Yeah. You, you know what it's like when you get a bomb at work and you go, oh, fuck, I don't really want to talk to the cunt now. What do you reckon would have happened? So I reckon they laugh about it. But what do you reckon would have happened to Lukey Nolan if in the Diamond Jubilee at Royal Ascot <laughs> when he eased up on her? I'll what do you, you reckon would have happened if that thing coming down the outside had a beat no by a nose. Nothing. True. So, Tommy, just a bit of, and for everyone else, Royal Ascot. Black Caviar goes over to the yeah. UK and goes to Royal Ascot to run in a Diamond Jubilee, which is a big, massive yep. sprint race over there. She's in front by about four or five lengths with 50 to go, and Luke Nolan just eases up on her. She like, sat up on her like Literally she sits up on her like they've gone past the line already. Yeah. And this thing come, he couldn't see it. Down the fucking outside St. Fence. Marie, St. Cloud or and with St. About, Marie's Cloud or something. With about 10, 15 metres to go. It's put in a dive. Nolan sees it, pushes caviar again to like fucking run and she gets there by her oh. like it wasn't a, it wasn't even a photo, I reckon. It was yeah, a, it was a clear yeah, there, it, it was a neck. There was a clear margin there, margin but it was, was like holy fuck, cunt, you would have just it's, it's the shortest margin she ever won by. Yeah. And not wasn't her fault. 
No. You know, and what, you know. It wasn't even Trump. So you not. reckon that nothing. He, nothing would have happened? Mood still says to this day he should never have started her. In the race? Yep. She went over there. She lost a shitload of weight on the flight. No. Did the, uh, is this? No, she didn't. No, no, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't um, lose a lot of weight on the plane. She wouldn't eat when she got there. Right. And then he mated her up with this grey stallion next door to her. Like you'd never put mares next to a stallion. This bloke didn't know what this stallion. He didn't know what it was for. He still thought it was for pissing out of. (laughs) And he just made it up with her like they were just best friends. And she started to eat. She barely ate when she got there. See that? That's just shit you'll never know. Yeah. And then... Is that an... So he said he shouldn't have started it. Is that an ownership thing? They go, nah. No, no. He... No. I I don't... To this day, I don't know. Who has the final word? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. My grandfather had a great saying. Owners would carry on and I want this, I want that. Grandpa would just look at him and go, listen, mate, you sell cars for a living... I train racehorses for a living. When the fridge is broken down, you don't ring a fucking bricklayer. (laughs) (laughs) The owners go, I pay the fucking bills. Yeah, well, fucking sit there and pay them, cunt. I'll fucking do your fucking job. I'll train the fucking thing. (laughs) When the fridge is broken, you You don't don't call a fucking bricklayer. That's right. That was his fucking line. Oh, that's fucking good. Oh. Love you, EJ. Yeah. <laughs> On your fucking oath. That's, uh, that's brilliant, mate. It's fucking awesome to know, like, just a little bit. Obviously, we're still fucking not even oh. at the skin. Haven't even scratched the surface. And the things that have got to go into this. All, you, all we see on a Saturday, Reggie's, we see the fucking jockey get off the horse, get his saddle, go and weigh in. They might talk to the trainer. We'll see the strapper sort of walk it around. But <laughs> that fucking horse has dentists, physios, fucking track work riders. There's a crew of 30 people that would watch that horse win and go, get a little smile and go, oh, I had fucking something to do with that. Like horse when fight. I say, when I say, like when you asked before how many blokes are at the stable, so we've got four work riders, me, the boss, and three other dudes. Mm. That's just in the day-to-day runnings of it. Like if we get a winner, our vet, Will send me a message, Mark McGarry. Shout out, Marky. Um, our chiropractor, uh, Shane Marsh. Shout out, Marshy. They'll all send me a text message with a thumbs up or well done or yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not. Oh, I'm a deadly cunt because I had something to do with it. They all understand yeah. exactly. Proud. They understand how much goes into it, and it's just the. Well, Barb, can you give us a quick rundown for someone like me who is oblivious to it sort of thing? Say they come out of the paddock, right, and they've just had a spell. Mm. Like just a quick sort of run through of like how to start it and what sort of fitness thing you do with them. Just a, a little bit of a brief rundown because I'd have no idea. Just a real – until the race. So it's super – it's really different for yeah. every horse. Yeah, but exactly. Keyword generally. Yeah, yeah. generally. So <laughs> like generally – to get a horse from stood in a paddock for three months to having its first start. Yeah. And generally, it takes probably the guts of 15, 16 weeks. Yeah. Um, they just, they come in, they've got no shoes on. A lot, of, a lot of stables will shoe them. We don't. We like them to wear their hooves naturally, their natural breakover. We put shoes on them when they're ready to try. Yep. Um, 
and there's so many fucking stables that go, you're fucked in the head for doing that. Oh, what if they stand on a stone? So they stand on a fucking stone. If they've got shoes on, they're still going to stand on a fucking stone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it elevates it by about eight mil. Yeah. But if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. So they just go to the track every day. Just go to track work, just steady, steady, steady. They canter around the track. They go a lap. They go a lap of the dirt at Eagle Farm, which is about 1,850, I think. Just around. cantering. Just cantering. Yep. Yeah. So they trot off for about a furlong and then they just canter. Yeah. Just slow and steady, like 22 to the furlong, something like that. Then after about eight weeks, they start going a bit of even time. 15 to the furlong in a gallop. Like 15 seconds per 200 metres, yep. that is. Look at Groper learning very quickly. Um, so, and then as they come into their prep, as we get deeper in, they might do that for two weeks on a Tuesday and a Thursday and a Saturday. So they have a gallop every second day at that stage of their prep. Then on, as they, as they move on to that, as like I was saying, four and two, like I said before, four and two, they might start, they might do a bit of four and one, then a bit of four and two. And, as they go out in distance, the further you've got to gallop them over. So we've got a horse there at the minute. Grand Shanghai is the best two-miler in fucking southeast Queensland. Ooh. He won the Jericho Cup qualifier at the Gold Coast last year on Melbourne Cup Day and went two and a half seconds fucking quicker than the Melbourne Cup. The country should have been at headquarters. <laughs> but instead he was at Aquas Park, Gold Coast. Um, <laughs> and you can't like, go off time, so. No, you can't, but <laughs> because he's a benchmark 58 at Paul Cumber. <laughs> anyway, he – so someone, something to run two mile, you want to gallop them over 10 furlongs because – like 2,000 metres because they, it's, it's all relative to how far you've got to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you work off half mile from the start because nine out of 10 horses are going to have their first start at 1,000 metres in a prep. Yep. If they're a speedy little squib, you might – Find a 900 meter race down the Gold Coast, Goldie, or yeah. <laughs> at Gatton, or somewhere like that. But nine out of ten horses are going to have their first start over a thousand meters. Yeah. So that's where you work, and then as you go further out and trip. So if you're going to go a thousand meters, you might, if they're a staying type, like they're going to, they're going to need ground. You might go from, you might start them over 1200 first up. Staying means staying. They're going to stay all day. Yeah, staying horses like over 2000 meters. Would you say? No, uh, two thousand is probably middle distance, like twenty four hundred. Twenty anything over twenty four hundred, they call it yeah. a staying race because obviously it's a long race. They've got to stay there to win it. <laughs> yeah, so just a bit of terminology. Again, yeah, mate. of course. Um, but so like as as they move out and trip, they gallop over further, and like for argument's sake, that horse that I was talking about running the two mile race, he on his main if he's going to run two mile tomorrow. Yesterday, he, oh sorry, Tuesday, he would have had his main piece of work. What? It's Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. So <laughs> if he was going to go two mile tomorrow, he would have his main piece of work on Wednesday, and he would have, he'd go a lap of the track cantering first, and then work off from say the two thousand meter mark. Yeah. And run up his last six hundred in thirty-seven, thirty-eight seconds. Yeah. 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 So that's where it would be all different because you've got horses that are going to run, like you say, 1,000 metres first yep. up and build into maybe a 1,200-metre race because they're a sprinter. Whereas if you're going to run two miles, 
you don't want to run two miles in and race until you what fourth, fifth up, third of. Oh, well, it depends on depends on how good a stayer they are. If they can stay all day, a lot of them can hit it. And this is one thing that Peter Moody did really, really well to start off with his half a pioneer in it, starting stayers first up over a mile, first up over eighteen hundred. Yeah, they do that in Europe all the time, whereas in Australia. Look, it was fucking unheard of. Start them over 1,400 first up. But Moods, I can remember Moods had uh, a horse called Managar that uh, OTI Racing bought. Luca Kamani used to train him in England. And Moods got him and went, I'm just going to start the cunt the Carline Cup first up at a mile. Everyone <laughs> went, Moody's lost the fucking plot here. <laughs> what happened? He shit it! <laughs> one before! At 30 to 1! <laughs> oh, <he> shit it. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've learned off you is that if they're a two-mile horse, they want to run 3,200 metres in fucking Sydney Cup, Melbourne Cup. Oh, they'll sprint good Whatever fresh. cup. First up over 1,700, 1,800, and they'll ping first up. Dull trip two weeks ago. And I'm like, how? How would you know that? <laughs> that's well, just the way it is. <laughs> They, yeah, and when you say they sprint well fresh, it's not a sprint race. It's obviously a middle distance race, but to them it is a sprint. Because yeah, correct. They're, they're looking for fucking 3,200 metres. Yeah. So here's a little thing. Like though, that thing that you just said, it just happens. And like when you put the, is it the blinkers on? And you see it's the first time that's happening. That's fuck. Is there any others <laughs> that you look at for an average Joe to go, might have a stab at that because of that reason? Well, that's, you know what I'm saying? it all comes down to the way you do your form, Tommy. You've got to look yeah. at you know, you've got to look at what they've raced over previously and all that sort yep. of shit. So if, they, if they're a horse that's got – if you look at that, I know you're a heavy looker at the fucking last 10, mm. like in, on, like, beside the form, like X, dot, yeah. dot, 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 you know, one, three, five, yeah, four, yeah. five. Well, one, like one, I reckon one. a heap of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%, yeah, yeah. right? So if you look at that and then you look at the – you look further into the form, one, one – say it's last three starts, it's one, there's an X, then there's an X. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the form in depth and there's 2,800, 2,600, 2,400, well, he stays. Yeah. Mm. And he's first up over a mile. Fuck it, I'm going to have something each way because yeah. he will sprint well fresh. Yeah, and you, right. you never know which ones are going to do it, though. Yeah, so, exactly. You're right. You know, You're like, dead right. Like Gold Trip the other day, it was the biggest run anywhere in Australia. Yeah. It was bigger than Ben Hur. So Gold Trips won the Melbourne Cup last year. Yeah. Yep. Was first up over what was that mile? Mile, yeah. First up over sixteen hundred. Uh, no, so it was. Was it a mile or eighteen hundred? No, it didn't. Who won it? Pinstripe. Pinstripe won it. Yeah. Anyway, about half the distance is what he'll run the Quite Melbourne Cup again this year. Yeah. And that's his target race. So yep. he's targeting the Melbourne Cup, but first up over half that distance. In that last hundred meters, holy fuck! If he man. didn't break eleven, I'm not fucking sitting. It was like he flew, and he ran fourth or fifth, and that's what people won't see. The owners, the owners of that horse would have watched that and fucking. They'd got, have had a stiffy. They would have got a stiff one because yeah. they've gone. He's back, like yeah, first up, up. He's back. He's run fifth, and everyone will look at it and go, "Ah, oh, he's fucking run fifth. And I don't, I don't think but, his trials were too good either. Like he, he trialed up pretty ordinary. Yeah, it was like sort of flat. And yeah, well, I'll tell you another one who fucking trialed up ordinary. The uh, really, really ordinary trialed was V8. And then the cunt come out Shut and absolutely up, flew and won first up. And I was blowing up. I'm like, 
I watched all these form shows. I like V8 as a horse. Backed it a heap of times. Well, the three, what, hang on, hang the three on. Three times I, you last like V8. Bit. What about when you rung me and went, I like Vape? No, I didn't. I no, said, I'm just fucking doing <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the three starts it's had, I'd backed it every time. And I watched like three or four form shows and they all went, oh, V8's trial was terrible. I can't have it. And I didn't even watch the trial. I went, fuck. Right, I won't back it. Comes out first up, flies, wins. I went, fuck me. I'm never Just watching. quietly. Never watching another show again. <laughs> Just quietly. Who was Barb's best that day? Yeah, run second. Yeah. <laughs> It'll fucking win today. Yeah, legacies. Anyway, we can't talk about that because this is going to air in however many weeks. Um, I don't know. You got anything else, Tommy? Because I've had a fucking great time here today. Uh, That's been awesome. Look, I think it's one of those things that this won't be the last sort of chat to do with this. And like like we've talked about on the show, we've already said, like heading after the both codes of footy season finishes, I think there'll be a lot more content to do with the racing and, yeah. and, and yeah. punting and stuff like that. So... Mate, it's not going to be the last time having you on. Like we said, I've, got, I've literally got 20 questions in my head, but it's one of those things that I think you just space out. We've yeah, given him a taste, 100%. and then you just retouch on it. Fucking, We'll have you know. to get the fucking get him back on the jet. Mm, yeah. Oh, we, we, could go, we could go for we'll four days. We'll have to days. save up again. We had to we'll have to save jet. our money to jet him up here again, and we we'll get, get him on again. Jet yeah. him up again. Fucking <laughs> please. I battled the Bruce all the way up, you cunts. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, Barbs, it was a fucking – it was unreal getting you on, mate. That and, was awesome. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yourself, mate. Mate, I've had a fucking ball. I can't, like... It's been nice to just sit here and do fuck all and let you talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've literally, like, me and Rox just... I got home from track work yesterday and Rox and I, we're... I call her Mrs. Barbs of Brisbane Horseman. But she's literally going to be Mrs. Barbs, like... I'm going to marry the fuck out of this oh, girl. Oh, God, yeah. he's fucking... I'm just going to give her a shout-out. I love her to pieces. And I don't think there's anything fucking bad about no. that. No, there's not. Story, but it's out. Baby, just oh, don't yes. even go there on the Taylor Swift. It's She's lo- a fucking Swifty from way back. <laughs> um, but it's our first trip away together, coming up here to see you blokes. Mm. And I just got, I got home from track work yesterday morning and I was like a fucking kid in a candy shop, packing the car. I'm like, oh. We're going away together, darling. I can't wait. You should have seen me. Hey? Fuck, should have seen me. Oh, don't worry. I've got the text messages to prove it. Groper's had a horn for four days. <laughs> a bone that, that a dog couldn't, couldn't chew through. I've been that keen. And I'll tell you what you did do last night, Grapes. You fucking produced. Oh, yeah. Hosted oh, yeah. well. Grover hosted, well. hosted well. He did the reggiest feed you've ever seen. <laughs> These fucking steaks were about a mile thick. <laughs> Cooked to perfection. Yep. No, nah, it was good. Did, I do you, I do a good hosting job. So does Wendy. How's Barb's walks into his room? There's towels, the towels on the, on the bed, bed. Fucking rooms. The cleaned. only thing missing was a chocolate on the pillow. Okay, sorry. I'll get it. No, I'm not having a go at you when I say <laughs> that. I'll get a fucking mint slice. You'll lay a little nard on it next yeah. time. <laughs> Oi, is the Bowen Cup going to be ha- happened already before this comes out? Yep. Yeah, right. Well, that will be a fucking great time. That was a great time. That yeah. was... <laughs> That was the best fucking time. <laughs> I can't. I. I just oh. can't. It's one of those things that I was saying before. Like, I might have, I might have been saying it last night. I can't fucking remember. But, like, Keto, I speak to Keto more than I speak to Grapes. Grape reckon. Grapes yeah, Keto's re- taking a bit of heat off me, which is nice. Grapes, grapes reckons, him around. Grapes, yeah. reckons, <laughs> grapes reckons I ring him every day. What a fucking crock of shit. Keto rings me three times a fucking week. And it's like, he's like a father figure. 
Mm. So I act, I've never. He is. No, I mean, I don't mean to fuck. I was telling Tommy last night, like, Tommy, you boys have been mates since you were in fucking kindergarten. Yeah. I've never met the man, and I feel like I could ring him about anything. Oh, he yeah. loves you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, I can't wait to get to Bowen and just get right on it with the bloke. Get oh, into yeah. our work. Get really stuck in I'm taking work. me work boots. I'm taking a high-vis shirt and a pair of fucking hard yakka shorts because the cunt's like, you'll be fucking working from the time you get up here to the time you go home. <laughs> yeah, Fuck well, off, kid. You're not, though. No, I know it's, you're not. It's fuck around. I'm work. doing that as a piss take. You set up a few tables. That's about it. Yeah, I'll be... When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. And you get free piss to do it. Fuck a knife. Anyway, oh, fucking hope. boys, it's been awesome. This will not be the last time. No way. Not a hope. Um, I've You've loved got it. me now. Yeah. You've got me for fucking Like we ever. said, we've probably got another fucking four million questions. Yeah. Hopefully, you've enjoyed that as much as we did because I fucking love that. Yeah, just, oh, uh, me too. Just scratching the surface of the racing industry was just yep. awesome. It was unreal to listen to. Yeah. I was that fucking focused on you the whole time. <laughs> I don't think I've looked down the barrel. Honestly, I was just in tr- in genuinely interested in everything you had to say there. So thanks the thing for coming is, on, mate. The thing is, with our industry, we don't get a chance to talk about it. So if I get a chance, I'll fucking yarn about it. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> yeah, fucking oath. And uh, everyone remember the Moya. The Moya. The, the fucking, fucking Moya. <laughs> that, they'll have dropped already. Yeah. They'll have dropped. Everyone will have the, their, the Moyas. You've, so. all, you've already seen it. A, a fucking comparison, like a, a example, but mm. these shirts. Oh. If I see, well, they've any, got them already, mate. I know, but if I see a fucking Reggie at the Hamilton Hotel With in a, a fucking Moya shirt, oh. I'll root your leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're about to go do some leg rooting. So I'm gonna go drink piss. Get Same here. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>